0: waters for me people so i i hope that i will be treated with kid gloves during the next segment on yes my own podcast but that's where we're at now the host of the all rookie podcast here at sports sports ethos one of my favorite guys here at sports ethos and i don't know we probably should have done this sooner but you cover things that i actively avoid until now the mighty william harris at William is Bill on Twitter. I'll spell that for everybody before this segment's done. Uh, William, what's up, man? Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much, Dan. It's an honor to be on the show. You know, the best fantasy basketball show
0: of all time. Thank you. So, you know, to be here, I know I made it. You buttered <laughs> me up. That's a good first move on a podcast. That's well executed. Uh, so So here's the thing. And um, I'm going to feel free, by the way, to mock me incessantly. I give you I give you absolute permission to do so. But I also and something I said to you before we went on air that I want to say now for the listeners too: this is not a throwaway episode of fantasy NBA today. Because, yes, I don't know what you're about to tell me. But it's kind of cool that it's an opportunity for me and the listeners to learn together during this particular show. We're gonna be covering the draft. It's two days away. The show airing on Tuesday. Uh, William and I recording late Monday night, just so if the numbers, if the dates get flip flopped around. Um, and this is a critical juncture in an NBA calendar year. Even though everybody kind of knows that my take is, I wait until we get to the very last moment before draft day and say, are any of these guys people I could even consider for my fantasy team? But it's time to actually get out in front of this a little bit. It's time to have a a real foundation of knowledge on the guys we should be paying attention to. So I'm throwing you into uh, a true hot seat here, William, in that I don't really know where these questions are going. So you got to be ready for most anything. Whether my question ends up being dumb or sharp, you need to be ready for it. And to that end, I think we just kind of start at the top and say, what do you like? Like, are there some guys you like coming into this draft that you think their games would would translate from a fantasy standpoint? And if so, who are they? Who's maybe we'll just go one at a time. Who's your number? Well, I guess it doesn't have to be your number one guy. But who's someone you really think could be an interesting fit for the NBA and for fantasy teams next year?
1: Well, yes, you know, I have to start with last year's draft class because when people come into a fantasy draft, you're thinking you're going to hear a lot of talk about the rookies. Who should I pick? You know, et cetera, et cetera. You're going to hear 20 or 30 rookies. Yeah. Last year, it was a deep draft class, and there were only eight rookies that were really fantasy relevant. So you need to narrow your search down. (laughs) You never, you really don't need to look past the lottery for your guys that are going to be fantasy relevant, no matter how talented you think they are. But my number one guy is Jabari Smith, the six ten four from Auburn. I mean, he's just an incredible athlete, incredible shooter. He can do it all. He, he's pretty much, in my opinion, a perfect uh, perfect prospect. And he's expected to go to the Magic. If so, it's a perfect landing spot. And if he goes to OKC, same thing. He should succeed no matter what. In Auburn, he scored 17 points, had seven boards two assists per game, shot 42% from three. In the NBA, I could see him having a similar path, maybe 15.7 boards. And, you know, with that shooting touch, he shot 80% from the free throw line as well. So normally when you see a 6'10 guy, there's going to be some weaknesses in his game. As far as fantasy, there's not too many. You wish he had more blocks, but, you know, he's giving you everything else. If, if that's the position and Stats you're looking for Jabari Smith is my number one guy.
0: All right. So that sounds like a relatively well-rounded fantasy prospect. And from, you know, I like, I know enough about rookies to know that if somebody goes first or second overall, they're likely going to be given a goodly chunk of minutes. I like what you're telling me about the three point percentage. That's really strong for a college athlete. I like what you're telling me about the free throw number for a bigger guy. Uh, what, what did he shoot from the field though? Is there, is there any, maybe I should ask it this way. Is there any downside to Jabari Smith? What, what am I missing?
1: He shot 43% from the field. Okay. So, so not
0: outstanding there, but room right. to grow, I not assume. There,
1: there? <laughs> but he took a lot of jumpers, you know, so that, that might be an area that you don't love, but with coaching, they they probably will bring him in a little bit, play more in the post and just stay out at the three point line and cut out those 20 uh, foot
0: jumpers. Where does he fit if he ends up with the Magic? How does that team stack up if he if he gets added to the mix? Who's like who's the odd man out? What, what does the starting lineup look like? Have you thought this thing through already? Well, that's the
1: question because Jonathan Isaac is the big question mark. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he is.
0: where the hell is that dude? Right, that's what
1: everyone in fantasy wants to know. Uh, you know, but if Jabari Smith is taking number one, he clearly will start. Uh, he can be interchangeable with Franz Wagner. And they can play the three and a four and keep Wendell at the five. But, yeah, I mean, if Jonathan Isaac is back and healthy, Franz Wagner might be sent to the bench. I don't know. Wow. That's crazy to think of, right?
0: That's a – it's an embarrassment of riches, I guess, for young guys. I don't know how how that translates to winning. Um, But that's probably not priority number one when you're kind of rebuilding things. Um, Okay, so – uh, William, you know one thing that I look at, and I want to stay on Jabari Smith a little bit longer because I'm learning these guys while we're while we're talking about them. I'm just gonna like pull up a basketball reference page so that I have any context for what we're going through here. Um, looks like about a, a little over a steal and about one block per game in college. There isn't a lot of stuff that he does poorly, and I feel like that's the thing you need to look for with a rookie. Is there anything that they could do that could sort of sag their value? It's the, should I bother with someone like a Trey Young right out of the shoot? And he was horrible his first four months in the NBA because he was shooting a high volume, like 36% from the field, and he had four and a half turnovers and these things that rookie point guard, Smith, not a point guard. I'm always talking about how the, the only young guys I ever really look at are the big men. Because if they can actually make their free throws a little bit, they have an opportunity to just get stats without the negative impact stuff. And it sounds like, I don't know if I'm reading this right, it sounds like that's the kind of guy you think he'll be.
1: Right, right. He, he's probably the safest option. And, you know, I still think his ceiling is tremendous, you know. So he's not exactly an Evan Mobley type, but as safe as Evan Mobley was, I feel confident that Jabari Smith will be that same level of safety.
0: Do you think he would score more or do you think it's going to be similar?
1: I think it'll be similar. You know, most guys came out last year. They didn't score as much, you know, because of the transition to the league of course is harder. The schedule is harder, Uh, but you never know with the magic, you know, they really need his three point shooting. So if I were projected, I would definitely say around 15, you know, he scored 17 in college. So it'll be close.
0: Here's a tough question. Where do you think he, because, you know, there's, the hype train is yet to get going, but it will. Where do you think he ends up going in fantasy drafts? Any, any idea how high someone like that, do you think he would get drafted inside the top 50? I'm guessing probably not, but 60, 75, something like that. Or maybe I should ask you where you'd consider taking him in a redraft league, not dynasty.
1: Right. That's, that's important, too. So, well, I'll just start with, like I said, I have to always go back to last year's class. Scotty Barnes was a top rookie fantasy-wise last year, and he was 66 overall. So I would go somewhere in that range, 65, 75, and I think you'd be safe with Jabari Smith.
0: Okay. Give me number two. We'll move on to the next one.
1: Well, number two, I think you'll be swinging for the fences if you go with Chet Holmgren. If he works out, you could have the best player in fantasy. You know, he's the seven-foot... Forward slash center from Gonzaga, average 14 points and 10 boards, and almost four blocks per game. Oh my! Gonzaga. Oh my good yeah. god!
0: <laughs> yeah. So that's
1: just everything you want right there. And on top of that, 39% from three. I mean, sounds like the perfect player, right?
0: <laughs> how, how are the percentages? I, I haven't right. looked up so, his numbers yet. By the way, I don't want anybody to think I'm asking a leading question. I, I'm I'm going in blind on this one. How <laughs> did How did he shoot? How are his free throws? Give me all that stuff.
1: Right. He's 73% from two. So that's 30% higher than Jabari Smith. Yeah. (laughs) And he shot 71% from the free throw line. So a little bit less than Jabari, but
0: pretty much all
1: those numbers are great.
0: And I'm guessing he doesn't shoot that many free throws at the NBA level if you're a rook coming in. And one thing I know uh, about Chet Holmgren, the only thing I know is that he's a string bean. He's not a thick fella yet.
1: Right, right. And that is mainly the concern with him. Um, If it's going to take time for him to adjust to the size of the NBA, if he's going to get bullied, you know, I think if he can, I'm sure he'll bulk up. He uh, was 195 last in Gonzaga. He'll probably be at least 205, 210 before the season starts. And that's going to help him out. But we haven't really seen a player like Chet Holmgren before. So the range of his game could go either way, you know, it, it, he could be Bobo. Bo, he could be Evan Mowley. So it's a huge <laughs> range there.
0: <laughs> yeah. So that's the type of thing where the, there's a kind of a lot. You don't want to spend a pick that's too high. Cause you know, you can get somebody kind of set in stone. I, I'm jumping ahead a little bit and then I want to come back to some of his numbers, but it, where would you take a swing on a guy like, like Chet Holmgren? Cause you said almost four blocks a game. Right. Yep. Yeah. Mm.
1: That's ridiculous. But I will say in college, most of the time he was playing against guys that were a lot smaller than him. Yeah. In the that NBA, they, that won't be the case, obviously.
0: But I got to think fouls I, too. Are, are you, aren't are you worried about fouls at the NBA level when you're, when he's that slender or do you think he can handle himself? I, I am a little concerned
1: about his size overall, especially in his rookie season, but that's why this is a swing for the fences because it's high risk, high reward, and around that time in the draft, you probably want to be looking at He's going to go second overall at worst. So you're probably going to have to get him in that same range, 70 to 80. And, I mean, most drafts, because of his name, he's so, such a polarizing prospect. He will probably go around the 50, 60 range. Mm. That's too rich for me, yeah. but I can see him going that high.
0: I don't think I can go that high on a rookie in almost any circumstance. I feel like the only – there have been like maybe three – since I've been paying close attention to basketball, mm-hmm. uh, Cat, Anthony Davis, and Dame, I think are the three rookies I can think of that were better than that on a per-game basis. And you know, Dame's the huge surprise there. He came out and just had a monster season. The other ones were less surprising because you looked at it and it was, oh, big guys that have excellent percentages. And for AD, it's the huge defensive stats. And Cat, it's for you know, points and rebounds, things of that nature. You need... It seems like that type of player is the one that can get over the hump. But at right. the same time, you know, if if this one, if this big swing hits and he does have two, let's say 2 or more blocks per game, he ain't getting four at the NBA level. I don't know. Well, you did in college, I don't, yeah, that's not happening. Uh, but I mean, you're like automatically inside the top 100 with 2 blocks per game. You could do almost do nothing else and still get there. My fear here just from hearing what you're saying, looking at the the stature, uh, just the, like the, the level of competition that the, that the giant shift there, um, like I don't know how if he can handle more than 24, 25 minutes a game his rookie year at the NBA level. That that type of thing worries me. So I don't think I would take a shot on him inside the top 100. But am I being too conservative there? I mean, it definitely worries me as
1: well. It's just that name value. You know, people are going to see Jakob Pertl on the board and Chet Holmgren. They're going to pick Chet Holmgren. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah, you know I'm enough not. about me to know I'm not. Definitely, 100%. But, you know, the novices out there, they, they're they going to see that name and they're going to go for it. But And he's in OKC, so he's going to have no competition for minutes, really. If he was in Orlando, those minutes would guaranteed be lower. But yeah, true. I think okay, see OKC, he'll be out there as much as he wants to be out there, as that's much as true. his body can handle it. So that's that will help, you know.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. There really aren't any big men that the Thunder actually trust on that team. It's that they've just been sort of plugging and playing whoever they can get their hands on for a couple of years now. Um, you know, outside of the half season they played Al Horford, they really haven't had a center. I mean, it, forget who, what, oh, Isaiah Roby looked great for about two weeks. So then they just stopped playing him for a bit. He played like 16 minutes a game and then they played him again after that. And I don't, I don't know when you, when you get these guys that come into the NBA and sort of waif like stature, it, it always freaks me out, especially if they're going to get thrown right into the mix. But at the same time, the fact that he does have a high field goal percent, he's not a terrible foul shooter and he does have shot blocking ability. It, it creates a floor that a lot of guys coming in wouldn't have. So, I don't know, man. You can you can try to talk me into it, although from the tone of your voice, I don't think you're that excited about him.
1: I, I, I can't wait to see what happens. I don't <laughs> <You just laughs> I don't trust it. I don't trust it. I'll okay. say that.
0: <laughs> but you do, it sounds like you do trust Jabari Smith, the first guy we talked about. I definitely do trust
1: Jabari Smith, yes.
0: All right, give me number three. Let's do three and see what our clock looks like here. All right, I think you
1: see now. I love Jaden Ivey, but I think his situation—he goes fourth—that's gonna make it a little murky. It's been talked that he could go third, but to be safe, I'll go with Paolo Bancaro. You know, another big guy. You, I know you love the bigger guys, so they're a little safer. I do. Six ten, power four from Duke. He averaged seventeen points, eight boards, three assists, one block, one steal per game. Thirty four percent from three. So that's pretty good. And I think. His game with the Rockets is gonna be him and Jalen Green, pretty much. They're gonna be able to do whatever they want. Shot 73% from the free throw line, 48% from two. So once again, that's that's a lot lower than Chet, but <laughs> the will. floor is safer.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it seems like how about body-wise? Do you think he can handle an NBA season? Cause that's the thing with Chet where I get the feeling you're not sure of it. And just hearing the numbers, I'm not sure of it. Most definitely. Uh, he is 55 pounds heavier than Chet. So I think he should be fine. (laughs) That's a, that's like an eight year old. (laughs) I know. right? (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's substantial. Okay. So you said 17, eight and three with a steel and a block. Is that, did I, am I remembering that right? I was trying to put all the numbers in my head there. Um, Yeah, I mean, I like that. That's two guys you've mentioned that have been pretty well-rounded from a forward, kind of power forward spot. Uh, And if he does end up, you said you figured third to Houston, that's where you've got him going?
1: Right, and and even if he goes fourth, he should be good no matter where he goes.
0: I'm making you say it. Who's got the fourth pick? The Kings. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) uh we just something something's gonna go weird there i don't know what it's gonna be but something weird is gonna happen with sacramento always they they find a way although i guess mcnair has been a little bit less out of left field with his stuff so far um okay so if his stat set is relatively similar lower threes lower free throw percent than smith slightly better field goal percent I've pulled up the numbers now so I'm not going exclusively out of memory I'm not that good but the other stuff is almost a carbon copy it seems like Smith has the better upside because of the three-point shooting um does the passing favor Paolo or and the field goal percent maybe by a little bit although I get the feeling that Smith could shoot the ball better from the field if all of his shots weren't from downtown so I don't sure. know, are you, listen, again, I'm sort of thinking out loud. So I know people listening to the pod are like, Dan, get to the damn point. You get, <laughs> Everybody's just kind of, I hope everybody's like thinking with me on this. So my question then, after my verbal diarrhea of a moment ago, mm-hmm. uh, Smith over Paolo, then by, based on the numbers I've looked at here from their college, and again, it doesn't translate perfectly, but, maybe by a couple of rounds in at the fantasy level.
1: I think it could be closer than that because oh, okay. I do think their production could be similar. Um I just I'm I feel safer with uh Jabari, but Paolo's going to be in the same great situation. You know, I just think Jabari's a, a little bit better of a player, but still the teams that they land on are going to allow them to both flourish and be the one if not one number two, the number two guy on the team. So I mean, I had Jabari averaging 15 and seven. I could see Paolo averaging 15 and eight with, you know, lower percentages on three, but pretty much the similar stats. Hmm. He's a bit better rebounder.
0: You got me, you got me thinking a little bit. It's really, you know, I, and I said people listening to this show, I don't know if everybody listening to this episode heard my early off season episode where I said I needed to soften my stance on rookies a little bit. Uh, because for a long time, it was just like a blanket, don't do anything with them. And now it's really more of a, okay, look, you can trust some bigger rookies. If you can find some big men that are not going to blow a hole in your percentages, they have a way of getting to fantasy value because they don't have that anchor stat, the the one that keeps the boat in the dock, the high turnovers or the terrible free throw or the terrible field goal percent. If you can find a big guy, who and I know these aren't like traditional centers the way that Holmgren was, who we mentioned a moment ago. But you know, decent field goal percent. If the free throw was a little bit higher for Paolo, that would be something I'd look at harder. I guess with him, and, and you know, with Houston, that's going to be a free for all out there this year. Uh, yeah. They got rid of Christian Wood, which is going to be great for everybody left behind. I'm just sort of again kind of thinking out loud here is any other stat going to be great enough to counterweight the low three-pointers and the not-terrific free-throw percent? Because it did look like he got to the line a little bit more often as well than some of the other guys we talked about.
1: Yeah, and that's a good point. I think it will be mainly points and rebounds because his his passing is not really up to the level of what you're going to search out for in fantasy. Uh, it's just the fact that he's going to have so much opportunity. Like you said, with Christian Wood gone, it's just going to be a gaping hole there. You know, Alperin Sengun is
0: there. But... <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. That's, <laughs> by the way, <laughs> that's there. that's hype train guy, like number A1 going into right. next season. We already all know he's going to be on every analyst's board, and his ADP is going to go from like 95 to 30 between right. September and October next year. Just Just get ready for it, everyone. Uh, but yeah, sorry to interrupt. Back to Paolo. No, 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 one hundred
1: percent. He's he's another guy, kind of like Chet. You're gonna see that name and want to grab it, but you know, and with the Rockets, they were frustrating last year with him because we did want to see Alperin play, and they brought him in easy. So that is a concern with Paolo. They could bring him in easy. I don't, I don't think so, but you just never know.
0: Okay. Give me one more name because it sounded like you wanted to talk Jaden Ivy and you, and you stopped yourself. It sounds like then you think he's going to Sacramento.
1: I think he is, If but he could go to the Rockets too. And that, that'll throw a wrench in things a little bit, but right. if if you want me to, everyone knows the top four guys for the most part. If you want me, me to give you a guy that to look out for that should be safe, I'm going to have to go with Dyson Daniels.
0: I don't have now, any idea.
1: I have no clue who that
0: is. None. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Thank Josh Giddy with a little bit more offensive touch. He's not as good as a passer, but I think he can be in that vein. If he can play the point or the two, if they have him at the point guard, which is the reason why I think he's moving up on draft boards. I think he can have a season like Josh Giddy.
0: Where could he end up? You think?
1: They're saying definitely top eight. So hmm. anywhere between four and eight, I would lean toward six and eight. But,
0: yeah. So without digging too deep, I want to uh, – I'm looking at my, my clock here, uh, and I want to get to a couple of hard fantasy questions on these players. Something that I know you and I have talked about at times, and I've talked about it on the show many times, is value. Do you think any of these guys, or even somebody you haven't mentioned yet, in, including Ivy, by the way, you can throw him into the mix. Do you think any of them end up as values on draft day? Because we did actually see that with a couple of rookies this last season. Scotty Barnes was drafted in generally like the 110 range. He was better than that. Evan Mobley was going around 85-90. He beat that by a little bit, not by a ton. He started fast and kind of slowed as the year went on. It's It's a long season. Um, but there were a couple of rookies that beat their adps this year these guys were talking about there's a lot of name power there and I know I, know I don't know right. much about them but I have jokes aside I have heard the f- the four main names I like I, I know those names I don't know what they've done or where they're going but I know the names the last guy you mentioned Daniels I actually had not heard that name before so that was <laughs> that's real uh but like because even I know the names that means that there is, Uh, name power there and there's going to be some buzz they'll go earlier than if they weren't rookies because we all like to try to find the next shiny thing but are any of those guys not you think going to go early enough who might be a value on fantasy draft night
1: right that's a great question Uh, like you said those names I don't know if it's just this season or what but these guys names are everywhere so if you want someone that you could probably get a great value on, I would probably say either Mark Williams or Jalen Duran, Both are centers. You heard of either one of those, Dan?
0: <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay. tell, tell me. Tell, I'm not kidding.
1: Tell me more. Okay. Mark Williams is the seven-foot center from Duke, and I'll just give you the good stuff. He averaged three blocks per game. Mm, and, and he's not – his 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 pounds are not in the one hundreds. He weighs two
0: hundred and forty <laughs> yeah. pounds. Yeah, if you're in this if you're in the same century mark as me, that's probably not
1: enough. <laughs> right. And and Jalen Duran pretty much they're they're similar. Mark Williams is a little bit more talented offensively. Jalen Duran may have a higher ceiling. He was a six eleven center from Memphis and he averaged two blocks per game. And both have crazy seven foot five plus wingspans and they're both projected to go in the top 13. So those are two centers. And like you said, you get around two blocks per game. You don't even have to do much else to be fantasy relevant. And I think a lot of people are projecting Mark Williams to go to the Hornets.
0: Mm. I mean, that could
1: be a perfect landing spot Mm. for a good value
0: guy. Okay. Okay. You've got my attention now. You've got my attention, (laughs) William. Two blocks per game. How is his free throw percent? Let me
1: see. Uh, well, you, you, that's a tough one right there. Give me, give me a number uh, over are, like These are straight centers, but Mark Williams
0: free throw percentage. Give me something over 70 and you might have my
1: attention. 72.7%. Oh, my goodness. But as a freshman, it was 54%. <laughs> what, do you, what do you believe? What do you believe?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with recency bias on that one and, and say there you he made the adjustment there. That's actually – okay, so here's the thing. Like, you know, we're having a laugh, uh, but this is the kind of guy that does tend to be that, that interesting name because he doesn't have the obvious anchor stat. Huge field goal percent. Now I'm pulling him up mm-hmm. so I can talk with you about him without sounding like a total buffoon. Uh, 11, 7.5, 72% from the field. So he was playing right in front of the bucket. Didn't bother to take a three-pointer. Terrific. I don't need my true center to shoot a three ball. I don't need you messing up your field goal percent. If I'm going to draft you as a rookie, I want you to be someone who helps me in the things that your position should be. So, I mean, if even even, let's say he gets like 1.3, 1.4 blocks per game at the NBA level, that combined with, I don't know, nine and eight that's actually enough to put you in that kind of Larry Nance like fan club with blocks instead of steals of 80 90 range someone that maybe gets drafted in the 120 130 neck of the woods who was the other one you talked about I already forgot his name
1: Jalen Duren the 611 big man from Memphis and he's 250 pounds
0: oh that is big yeah. <laughs> he's got me he by a couple it though. He's,
1: he's chiseled so it, he doesn't seem big
0: Two fifty is yeah. I mean, I guess it, it just coming out of college, you expect a lower number. uh right. Let me pull up his stuff here too. All right, twelve and eight, two blocks, sixty three percent at the free throw line. So that one's a little bit, a little bit more concerning. Man, you might have me on Williams. You might have sold me on one. Yeah, and
1: especially if he goes to Charlotte. So oh, look Charlotte. Out for that.
0: gimme charlotte although mike D'Antoni's definitely going small ball if he gets hired out there since that is uh, true (laughs) what did what did we hear was that yesterday or today that uh kenny atkinson turned the gig down Mm -hmm. um still i mean when you're that big and you block shots and you hit your free throws and you shoot a ridiculous percentage from the field you don't need 30 minutes you can get it done in 22 23 so yeah you know what um congratulations. You might've sold me on a rookie to watch on today's show. And we'll see if that carries over. I mean, yeah, obviously the landing spot is a big deal. What do people need to know about Jaden, uh, Ivy before I let you go? Oh, Jaden, Ivy, you know, if you look at his tape
1: to me, he reminds me of John Morant. So (laughs) he just has land in the right landing spot. A lot of people are comparing him to Donovan Mitchell as well. I mean, his attack to the rim is just ridiculous. And normally when you think of a player like that, the three-point percentage is not good. But he shot 36% from three. So he just needs to get his assist up if he's going to be a true point guard. And he's going to have to have that correct landing spot, like we said. If he goes to the Kings, it's going to be a little sketchy with him and De'Aaron Fox. But Jaden Ivey's talent is there. Mm. He's my second-ranked player in this draft. So he's but got that he's kind of like...
0: star factor sort of thing that folks like to talk about. Definitely. All right. You're officially off the hot seat. You want to sh- <laughs> shift over to a cooler Ooh. spot at William is bill. By the way, I probably should have asked you this a million times. I just call you William. Would you rather I call you bill? I like William. It, yeah. It works. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Either one. He is the host of the all rookie podcast here at sports ethos. He tracks rookies from the day they're drafted all the way through the season. If you want to know how the young guys are doing, we've got a show for that here at Sports Ethos. Again, it's the All Rookie Podcast. He will be tagged on any tweeting we do about this. He'll be tagged in the description of the show. Again, it is at WilliamIsBill on Twitter. Uh, I think, are you and David hosting draft coverage in a couple of days too? We will on YouTube at Sports Ethos. Love it. Can't wait. So you guys can follow that. That'll be some live draft coverage here at Ethos on the YouTube page. William Harris, thank you, my man. Thank you so much, Dan. It was an honor. One more name, if you want to look for Keegan Murray. I'll I'll leave that with you. All right. If you want to know, you know, that's your teaser. If you want to know more about Keegan Murray, you said. Keegan Murray. Okay. From Iowa. I can repeat the name. (laughs) I can. I can. I can parrot you just fine. Uh, You got to follow him on Twitter. You can talk to William about all these guys on social media again. William, thanks, my man. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Dan.